All right, guys, what is going on today? I have a special podcast for you. We get to invite one Miss Sarah Parrot or Sarah Kersey, as some of you guys may know her, onto the podcast today. And she's got a pretty incredible story and has been somebody really over the past, you know, year or so at Friendship who has just brought a lot of, you know, sunshine and positivity, smiles, hugs, support. And um, she's pregnant right now. And I thought it would be really fun for her to share kind of her story and her journey into, you know, the friendship ranks and kind of just talk a little bit about, you know, how you can utilize both the coaches and the community and some of those things. And we kind of, we kind of have that wide ranging conversation about how at different stages and with different needs throughout our lives, how we can kind of lean on our tribe to support us. And I think she's just a very fun person to listen to. She's somebody who, you know, is just has a zest for life that I think you can probably hear come through on the podcast. And I also think she's been somebody who is paying this forward onto her third grade class and to the other people in her life. And it's just been a big pleasure to kind of get to know her. And I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope that you guys do too. And look out later this week for podcast episode 100, which I'm trying to make something nice and special for you guys. I have uh, made a couple attempts at it already and deleted a few hours of my life uh, to make sure that it's really high quality and good value for you guys. So I hope you're having a great week and enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to our Sunday coffee chats. No coffee for us today, though, unless you really want some. I've never had a sip of coffee in my life. Wow. Okay, we can get into that. Awesome. So, perfect introduction. <laughs> came in super hot. Today we have Sarah Kersey Parrot. How do you do your middle name? Are you official yet? I am official, just Sarah Parrot. Okay. What yep. do you do for middle name? Anything. Anne. Okay, so you kept your original. I did. So Maria went weird. She went her old last name as her new middle. She struggled with that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I didn't love my name. Yeah. I was excited to be married. Nice. So. Yeah, perfect. Yes. I love it. And how far out of your guys' wedding are you now? Six months. Okay. A little over nice. six months. Yeah, perfect. I love it. And, uh, and pregnant. Uh-huh. And what's our due date? May 22nd. So we are. Nice. Six months pregnant. Nice. So we can do the math there. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Perfect. Well, you know, that's a blessing. Uh, believe <laughs> oh, me. Oh, it's a gift. And uh, it, and you're not our first, and you're not even like our probably like third or fourth. We've mm-hmm. had quite a few of these. So we're very fertile in the gym, which yeah. is a, a very positive Especially thing. right now. Yeah, There's especially quite a few right of us. Now. Yep, yep, a lot. Well, and I think sometimes that's been a little bit the the age of the gym as the gym sort of just naturally starts to grow and people bear off and stuff. And, um, you know, the, the gym has always averaged aged sort of mirrored me a little bit in sure. a weird way. Um, and so at 35 now you just get a lot of people that are kind of in that boat, which is when I feel like a lot of, a lot of people are having kids now between, you know, 28 and 35. How old are you? I was going to say a little older, 32. Nice. And yeah. Dave is, he'll be 34 in December and 
we, I think it's, yeah, the age is just changing. Charlotte came to see me first and not you. Well, we'll see okay, where she goes. Charlotte. Yeah, she's been a total daddy's girl all day today. She wouldn't leave me alone all day. Um, all right. I like it. So uh, so tell me a little bit. Let's get your backstory on kind of coming to the gym and sure. uh, and who you're, um, you know, a little like if we were going to draw lines between people, who all you knew and kind of that stuff. Yeah, sure. So I... I was a little apprehensive to come at first. It mm-hmm. took my husband a really long time yeah. <laughs> to get me to come. So my husband at the time was working for Goldfish Swim School. And so Lisa Armitage, of course, you know, absolutely loves friendship. Mm-hmm. And so she really was excited about David coming to the gym and he fell in love right away. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while. You know, he was waking up for the 530 classes and I thought he was crazy yep. because I had zero zero fitness in my life at the time. Yep. I mean, nothing. And so I just didn't understand. And finally, you had a trial Thrive class for family and friends. Yep. And so my husband begged me and begged me and begged me. And I am telling you, I walked in the door, Jeff. And as soon as I met Maria, I knew it was the place for me. Um, and I know that energy you know, is important for people. And for me, as soon as I met Maria. She hugged me two seconds into me walking into the gym. Yep. And I knew it was before I even tied my sneakers. Yeah. I knew it was the right <laughs> place for me. Um, and that's, I, you know, I think I joined the next week. Yeah. So, you know, that was my, my very quick journey into finding friendship. Nice. So we are grateful to Lisa for that because, yeah. um, our lives have been completely different and changed yeah. since then. So no fitness uh, coming into it. What did you have any background to fitness kind of when like when you were younger or when you're college kind of like what did that look like? No, so I I know we're just kind of taking a deep dive into personal stuff here, but I think it's important to know the background of that first mm-hmm. to kind of my journey into friendship and things that have changed. So 12 years ago when I was 20, I was diagnosed with bone cancer. Okay. And so um we were told at the time you know, you're probably not going to be able to walk again, you know, X, Y, Z nerve damage. You're not going to be able to have your own children. You know, we don't, we don't know what that's going to look like. And so of course my life was put on hold. I was this like perfect college student, right? I thought that I was absolutely invincible. And then, you know, this diagnosis gets dropped on me. And so I went from thinking about my first beer at 21 to what kind of treatment am I going to have and how is my life going to be different? So fast forward a little bit. Um, I used cancer. Now, now I see it kind of as an escape goat to everything that I probably should have been doing. You know, I allowed myself to eat certain ways. I allowed myself not to move. And that was because I felt like, I don't know. I just, I felt like that was, that was what I should be doing. And so I kind of, um, never allowed myself to push myself because I felt like I was, I don't know if I felt like I was going to hurt myself or if I just felt like, well, I've already been through enough. So why, why add something new? And so, um, I kind of went from, Bobby just get we didn't get much animal interference last time. Charlotte, we might have to kick you out, little girl, okay? Um, Hi, Dad. <laughs> 
Well, I think, and I think that story is so important. So I want to make sure that people hear it. Um, and I want to make sure that I can focus too. And when you hear like, bah, 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 you just like, can't. So I'll have to go back and edit all this. But look in my face. Right. Exactly. Look at my sweet, yeah, sweet. Exactly. Face. Well, and that's all she does down there is it's like a big, oh. like, look at me. Yeah. That's how Ruby is so, too. Um, okay. So let's draw, uh, jump back. I'll figure out how to edit things. No, in. I can read. Whatever. Um, so, so 22, right. Is when you were diagnosed 20, 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then what did like the next few months of treatment kind of look like? Hmm. So this was a few months before my 21st birthday. Okay. Right. In that invincible and that, where'd you go to school? Where were you? Bowling green. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave and I both went there. Okay. And this was about a year and a half before I was supposed to graduate. Yeah. And so I remember all of a sudden I get a phone call and they say, tumor the size of a baseball on your sacrum, possibly cancer. Here's the name and number of your neurosurgeon. Yeah. Like, wow. I didn't even know what a neurosurgeon was. Yeah. I figured, I mean, really, like I was so in denial that I just thought a neurosurgeon only worked with people that had things happening with their brain. Yeah. I mean, I just, I had no idea. Right. And so I remember walking to that first appointment and I have to say like that doctor at the Cleveland Clinic really saved me in many ways. I mean, he's still a hero of mine. And um, so the next few months were kind of crazy. You know, we did scans and biopsies and we kind of came to the conclusion that I could go to John Hopkins Mm -hmm. or I could stay at the Cleveland Clinic. Okay. And um, I remember asking my doctor what he would do. And he said, if you were my daughter, I would send you there. And so I stayed because (laughs) I felt like he had this just genuine approach. Right. I don't know. I've kind of always led with my heart yeah. with the decisions I've made and I knew it was the right one. And so, you know, he they're said two pretty, I mean, they're both incredible facilities. Not like uh, you're probably going to go wrong at either one. Absolutely <laughs> not. World class. Well, I also didn't know what this was going to look like for right. me in the future, you yeah. know? And so if I went the route of going to John Hopkins, their decision was that I was going to take my entire sacrum out, which means I would completely lose my ability to, yeah, to walk right. and go to the bathroom on my own. Yep. And I, that was a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> At 20 That's years old. Decision, yeah. And so um, I didn't have chemo, just radiation. Okay. Not just radiation, but I was very lucky to not have chemo and right. multiple surgeries. Yep. And uh, I remember after my first surgery, I lost all the feeling on the left side of my body. Oh, wow. So, and it's still gone. Yeah. You know, I, I can't feel a ton on the left side. And so that was kind of the first wake up call. Yeah. And then we went out um, on Halloween uh, for my second big surgery where we took out most of um, this cancerous tumor. And um, and now we're here. Yeah. So uh, it's been a it's been a challenging, uh, long journey. But I would say that the last few years have been kind of a I know we'll get there, but have been kind of a turning point in my life. Yeah. Physically just not being able to do things that I thought I would be able to. Yeah. And yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit once we kind of walk through the full journey. Um, but I do think that that's one of the, it's kind of a fun, once you start being able to look at things full spectrum, to start mm-hmm. feeling like when you're like, okay, it's beautiful. No, I'm really, you know, much more empowered now at that point. So, yeah. um, so walk me through then. So once you're having surgery stuff, did you go through some physical therapy stuff then? Yeah, I did. Um, a little bit. I remember, I rem- so I was in the hospital for weeks. Yeah. You know, I had to retrain my body how to walk. Right. And again, the feeling of not being able to feel anything on side, like one side of your body, is completely. I don't. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. It's it's indescribable. So the the physical therapy was like just kind of starting there and learning how to 
move my leg again and move my feet again. And, um, so then we went into physical therapy, just learning how to, again, just move my body. And I remember the first couple months because I I had to leave school. I don't want to say I dropped out of school, but I had to leave school and take a break. Yeah. Right. Um, and I remember the first couple months. I dropped just, out of school. Don't worry about it. I, <laughs> it I, all, it all ended I actually well. dropped out of school. Yeah. Don't worry about it. But I had a, I remember, so I had turned 21 and I had my surgery and I had a walker and I was so embarrassed, yeah. you know, and, and it's looking back I'm like, who, who cares? Right. But you're but, 21. I was going to say, but a 20 year old, you have so much, um, so much of your brain power. And I try to talk it all the time on kids. I'm sure you talked about it to your kids. There's so much of your brain power. That's just so wasted on what others are thinking about Mm. situations. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, but I do think it's something that you have to Mm -hmm. walk through that, the entirety of that spectrum of experience to get to a place of understanding that Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. And there's things that happen in, in everybody's life where you just still now. I mean, as as adults, right. But I do, I remember just holding on to that Walker walking down to the mailbox and back. And that was the expectation. Right. Right. And I was, I was embarrassed and I was nervous and I, you know, I'm for me at that point, I was just thinking about how am I going to go still become a teacher, let alone all the other things I want to accomplish in my life. And, um, so it took, you know, a good six months to kind of retrain my body. And so, um, then I was, I was ready to get back to school. So I I did go back to school, but I had to change my major and I, I remember this so clearly, Jeff, that someone told me, you are not going to be able to be a teacher physically, your body, you like just you are not going to be able to withstand that amount of work each day. And I did. Mm. I listened. Right. Yeah, (laughs) I listened. And so I changed my major Hmm. and graduated with a family studies degree. And two weeks later, realized I made a mistake. Yeah a huge mistake. So I went back to school and got my education degree. But, um, yeah, so it's that the transition of trying to physically take care of myself, then needing to go back into having friendships again was a really big jump. Right. You know, I didn't see anyone for a really long time. Rehab was pretty, was pretty intense. And so, you know, my friends are all, three hours away. Yeah. And so that was, and everyone's leaving. They're all graduating and very focused on other things. Yeah. Which I understand. Right. Exactly. And so I, you know, I did lose a lot of friends Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, again, it was hard then, but it's just part of part of life. You think that things are, you know, ending the world when you're in your twenties, but you just realize that it's just part of life. Right. Um, so that was, you know, it was challenging, but at that time I, I knew, and I probably say this many times while we're sitting here talking, the moment that I found out I had cancer, when my doctor told me, I knew it happened for a reason. Yeah. You know, I know now why, but I did not then, but I knew, so I, I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous. I was more nervous about things that I would miss out on right. because of it versus what is the question mark? Like what could happen with me? Right. Like that was never a thought in my head. And so when you were going through rehab stuff, so kind of walk me through where you were and kind of what brought you to Columbus then. Yeah. So did those pretty intense six months, you know, PT and rehab and all those things at home. And then um, as I was getting better, I went back to Bowling Green and still had to do rehab while it was there. Yeah, right. But my family and my doctors and I made a decision that just emotionally it would be better for me to transition back to school mm-hmm. 
to try and get some normalcy (laughs) back in, which actually I did better there than I did at home. Yeah. And I think that that's just reality, you know, being able to be around the people you really love. And um, so that was a a gift. And so then I, you know, I graduated. I met my husband about four weeks before I graduated from college. So just a little slide in there that if I wouldn't have gotten sick. Yeah. Wouldn't have met David. And is this the, so you guys met before, so when you went back, I assume you got Mm -hmm. a second degree, right? So this is when I went back the first time. Okay. So I had taken, you know, a full half a year off and um, went back to, I, you know, dropped out of the education program. So, you know, silly decision, but still did it and um, picked up the easiest degree I could. Right. So I could. It's literally exactly what I did. I I slid out of the teaching degree one and just, I was like, what's the closest one I'm to? They were like, "Uh, just a generic history degree. I go, cool, I'll take that. I just wanted to graduate at that point. I didn't know what my future was going to look like. And so, but. If I if I wouldn't have gotten sick, then I wouldn't have met my husband because I would have graduated before that. And so um, I met him right before then. um, And then I graduated and went home for a few weeks and dropped into a classroom and fell back in love. So I went to get my master's in education at Ursuline College. Nice. And uh, very quick 11 month program and finished that up. And um, I spend a lot of time at a a camp in the Serious Fun Children's Network called Flying Horse Farms, Mm -hmm. which is a camp for kids that are seriously ill. And um, when I was looking for jobs, I wanted to be close to camp. So uh, that's how I ended up here. I I only looked in Columbus. I didn't want I wanted a fresh Plate. I wanted everything to be new. I needed a yeah. cut from Cleveland. I needed a cut from everything there yep. from, I, I just, I needed new. Yeah. And so I, you know, I stayed here for a while and I ended up working back home for a year cause I couldn't find a job, Nice. which yeah. is okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Dublin, well, like we were talking about before, I was going to say, I, when you get to wait, <laughs> good things are going to happen. Uh-huh. And so, um, but then I was spending more time at camp, which is in Mount Gilead. So it's mm. not far. Yeah. And uh, someone told me about, you know, the amazing school districts around here. So I applied and Dublin City Schools picked me up and I was I mean, that was seven years ago. And so I haven't turned back. Yep. And so uh, so what grade are you now? Third grade. Yeah. And you post uh, some of my favorite ones. I'm not I don't get on social media much, but uh, (laughs) Maria knows that I love when you like post pictures or videos of you doing like CrossFit stuff with the kids or taking pictures. And and it is I'll tell you, it's (laughs) it's one of those things for me where every time I see that I'm always like, like, yeah, like that's that's, I think, where I want to start like thinking about if we all just kind of controlled our own 20 square feet and just influence the people that we have yes. the ability to influence. Um, like, I think it's amazing. So I it's think that it's little cool. spark. Right. It takes that little tiny spark because now I know that my kids are going home and talking to their siblings or yep. their parents about those things. Right. I mean, last year, I just remember, you know, we had like the butts and guts program. I was like, OK, even though I can't go to that class all the time. It doesn't mean I can't take right. that programming into my classroom. Yep. Hey, my kids loved the name of it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> they right. thought it was so silly. Yeah. Um, just say the word fart or snot or right. butt in front of an eight year old and they or lose Maria. it. I mean, it's just, they <laughs> lose Maria's, it. Maria's favorite words too. I, you know, yeah. I get right. yep. I get it. Um, but I think that that, that was a, 
I was like, why, why can't I take that, you know, to yeah. my sweet Adeline's chorus? Why can't I take that to my kids? Yeah. And, and now my kids, you know, that was last year. And now my kids are in fourth grade. Yep. They're like, what? What when's, are we gonna do? when's butts and guts? Oh yeah. Right. When's it coming back? I love it. Yeah. Soon. I was going to say Jenny. Um, yeah. It's, it, I was going to say it's like a beginning of spring when, when mm-hmm. beach season starts again. So, right. um, you probably won't be able to do a bunch of it by then. No, probably none of it. Yeah. Right. So you're going to have to take one of those fourth grade teachers and start whipping them into shape. Right. Start showing them everything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's so cool. And, um, you know, my favorite teacher of all time. Uh, so this is a super weird, uh, tangent, but, uh, my favorite teacher at the time, her name was Mrs. Burner. She's since remarried. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was my third grade teacher and always loved her. And so in this really weird roundabout way, you know, I graduated or, you know, you leave elementary school and I saw her intermittently through, through middle school. And then in high school, you kind of lose touch. And, and then I go to the army, get out of the army and I show up at Maria's brother's wedding. And I I look over the corner and I'm like, eyeballing her. I'm like, that's Mrs. Burner. And Maria goes, that's my aunt. What? And I go, get out of here. And so she remarried to Maria's uncle. Yeah. So and kind of a weird. So anyway, so uh, oh, we just ran into her. And, like, I love that. Yeah. So it was really I cool. I also like hearing that you remember your third grade teacher because right. I worry that my I worry that my kids won't remember right. me or the time we spent together because I'm going to remember right. so much of it. But right. they're so young and I'm right. like, gosh, they've impacted me so much. Are they, are they really going to remember their third yep. grade teacher? Yep. So that makes, that makes my heart uh, happy. I think so. I, I, yeah. I, the thing, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure you're having this exact same impact. There was a, there was a kindness to her that I think poured over onto the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was kind of stuck in that boat where, and you know, third grade boys are like, they're, they're trying to figure out, I think like, are they going to be, am I going to be a tough kid yeah. or am I going to be, you know, like figuring this everything out. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't really stop through middle school. Um, mm-hmm. but I just remember she was always just in that boat where like, um, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, but just be kind, like, and just kind of in that same boat. And she just had a, a just a really mm-hmm. authentic heart, not, that I'm sure that if I really sat and thought about it, I could think of other teachers that had that also, but kind of like, kind of like when you meet Maria, you know, it's just kind of like you just, there's an authenticity to, to her love that she gives out to people. Um, and and people know, you know, like they, they can feel that whether it's, whether it's authentic or not. And not that I don't think my other teachers didn't love me or anything like that, or didn't, you know, didn't have that degree of care, but, uh, just the way that I think she expressed it was always something that really, really sat with me. Yeah. So I think it's a really cool grade to teach. And because of that, Tell me if I'm wrong. You kind of get to teach everything, don't you? I do get to teach everything. Yeah, which I think is awesome. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. So I mean, I love I love my job. Yeah, right. <laughs> you could spend two seconds on my social media and know that. Yeah. And you, people, I mean, laugh at me all the time about how so much of what I post on social media or talk about when yeah. I'm with my friends is my kids, but it's because I really like what I do. Right, for sure. <laughs> I do, and I do get to teach everything, which is so cool. Yeah which means I get to continue learning. And you're kind of the last grade to do that, right? At fourth, they start to go to a math class. It does switch. Yeah, they do see, you know, multiple teachers. And so I am selfish and would never want to teach in a place where I'm not self-contained because I feel like I'm a little funny about how my kids... Everyone treats our students amazing and yeah, beautifully, right. but I want to make sure that my kids are loved the way that I 
can right. love them. To your standard, right? Mm-hmm. And those, that is a high expectation for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, even just when I'm out of the building and have a sub in my room, yep. I mean, I'm very particular because I, I need my kids to be loved the way that I think they deserve to be loved. And right. so just, you know, kind of what you were talking about. And so that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love what I do. Well, it's good to want to, I think it's good to want to have that, like to hold yourself to that high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's, it's like one of my big things that I'm so lucky to, in our community to, to be able to communicate with the teachers who we have, because I mean, I would say they're almost blanketly all exactly like you, like hugely uh, passionate, love what they do. And it's unbelievable. And I think that that's. It, you know, I think obviously if you take the entirety of the teacher population, there's going to be the ones that maybe aren't in that boat, but every I, field. Yeah. Right. But I feel like that's, you know, it's such an incredible gift and I have so much respect for the effort to not only like be great at what they do and take the pride, like you just said, mm-hmm. in being great at what you do, uh, but also the aspiration to continue to grow. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what I think is the, is the really unique factor of some of the excellent teachers that, that we get to be around inside of our community and educators as a whole, administrators and everybody all throughout is Agreed. they're always in that boat. And I do think that's a byproduct of, of Dublin where they Ten uh, Olin Tangi, mm-hmm. I think those school districts also really rally around that. Like, let's be forward thinking. Let's, you know, are we even looking at this problem mm-hmm. the right way? And, um, you know, s- social emotional learning and trying to make sure that all that stuff is integrated appropriately. I think it's okay. um, it's it's nice to feel like because I'm I mean I'm pretty jaded on school, mm-hmm. you know, like generally, but I do think it's one of those things where it's nice to be on the other side and and have my thoughts and opinions about things, but then also see. But then there's these people who are great at what they do. They love what they do. And they're really trying really hard to make sure that they're setting the kids up with the resources and and stuff that they have. Um, So I think it's uh, it's it's fun to watch. And I always try to challenge our our teachers a little bit and be like, you know, have you ever thought about that this way? Or what do you think about this? Which is really good for us. Yeah. Right. As a someone that is good at their job in education will always listen to that and will always think about it. I just need to comment on something you're talking about, the amazing things that these school districts are doing. But I also think you need to remember that the reason why so many teachers that are like-minded are coming to our community is because of the people that we attract, right? People that have goodness in their hearts and people that have good character and that are, you know, just shining down from the leadership that you have helped mold and shape. I just, I think that that's important because I've, Notice that the last, you know, almost two years. Yeah, it's, you know, the the larger community, what's really cool and what I get really excited about is when you start to see some of the great teachers take that leap, get the master's degree, start to look at administration and start to understand the challenges in and around that, you know, and we've mm-hmm. got, you know, Joe McCreary and Mindy and some of these other people and, yep. and Kyle and, um, you know, they are actively out there you know, kind of taking that role on. And I know that that's not an easy leap for teachers to make sometimes, especially people who are like, like it's like, I'm like a natural teacher. Like I like to do that. (laughs) And so it's, um, you know, it's fun to be in and around that, that core group of people. And it's amazing to me the work that goes into the development and on top of, on top of the fact that like, you know, you're, you're dealing with what third graders are what nine, 
nine. Yeah. Uh, on top of the fact that you're working with 20 to 30 at any given time, right, which is unbelievably challenging. Okay. And I think almost nobody holds that skill set. Um, but, you know, then it, the the tangential, you know, end of that, which is mm-hmm. I also have to be continuing to challenge the way I think, stay ahead of the curve and think about all these other things that, um, you yep. know, these kids who are eight and nine, like their future is going to look so different than than what ours looks like today. One hundred percent agree. And so, like, what can we what can we develop now? Like, what can we really work on? And mm-hmm. what's important? I think you're spot on. Is um, you know really trying to make sure that like they understand the ability to be kind, the ability to be these other things, and like yes. that's the value of growing up. Um, privileged, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. No, you're is, right. You're absolutely right. You have to build that empathy. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think we, I feel like we could talk about teaching stuff all Agreed. day. So which school, <laughs> what school are you at right now? I am at Wyandotte for now. Okay. I've been there the last, this will be my seventh year there. Nice. Um, but I'm going to be moving to Hopewell Elementary next nice. year, which is uh, same district. Nice. Our brand new building. Um, um, very cool. Heather McCreary, who also is part of our yeah. uh, friendship family, will be moving to that school as well. Nice. So we're going to be teaching together. That's really Which exciting. Which is really fun. Um, there's actually a couple people yeah. um, that'll be moving to the new buildings for That's our gym, awesome. which is awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. really, I'm looking forward to a different type of challenge. It's going to be a different kind of right. uh, feel mm-hmm. for me. And I think a switch that I personally need. Nice. And where is it? On Bright Road. Okay, cool. So very close. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Just excited for change. I, I think change is imperative yeah. for us to be successful right. and for us to be um, growing. And so I, I was really excited to, to kind of jump on this opportunity. Well, I feel like you're going to have ample change, right? Because you're going to be a new mother in a new building and <laughs> yeah. you know, potentially maybe knock on wood, maybe a new home. And yep. so, um, so you've got some change coming your way. <laughs> I asked my husband before we found out we were pregnant very fast. Um, we didn't, we didn't think we were going to be able to have kids. Yeah. So that kind of was a whole a whole like, oh, surprise in itself. Really? Okay. Um, and so um, when we found out that we got pregnant so fast, I mean, we were just over the moon excited and so grateful. Yeah. We know that that's not the same for every family and every yep. makeup. And um, and I said, so do we need to change our mind about, you know, me applying for this new school and interviewing? And he said, I, no. Yeah. He, no. Right. And so I said, okay, well, we're just going to do all of these big life changes within six months yeah. and we're just going to jump on board. Yeah, right. And actually we're, we're really excited. Well, and I was going to say, I feel like with everything that you've already been through and just like you said, I mean, I think the ease that you have right now, just yeah. in your, in your, in your posture and your approach and everything, um, you know, that I think is, you know, you never wish cancer upon a 20 year old, but it's one of those things where, you know, the person that you've become, I think beyond that is one of those things where you kind of can look back and be like, boy, you know, it sucks to go through that, but I'm glad I had that adversity when I was young so that I could grow and develop this much as a person. Yeah. Fully shaped. You ask me any day of the year, even on a day where I can't balance on the left side or I'm having trouble walking or whatever is happening, I will still tell you that cancer is a blessing and a gift. There is, there is not one day the rest of my life. And I know that that sounds silly. And I know just like you're talking about, you know, how you're jaded about school. A lot of people feel jaded about this disease, but for me personally, it has done nothing but help shape me into the woman that I am. So I can't. Right. Right. And sometimes the development, I think, from those adverse situations is is something, again, just like you said, it sounded like, though, you had a great mindset from the get go on it where it's, you know, I don't 
I don't know what yet, but I am going to learn and grow from this in some way. I think that's such an amazing mindset for a 20 year old to have. So. I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I have no answers why. I mean, people ask me how I don't have an answer for yeah. you. Right. I just, it just happens. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, you know, sometimes I think that can be the people around you. That can be, you know, that can be 100%. your family loving you. It can be the doctor in, mm-hmm. in him and just his communication with you and the kindness mm-hmm. and everything that he gave off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think you, you obviously you have to be in a place of, of comfort to feel that way, probably. 100%. And so, um, you know, it could be a testament to everything else. So, um, okay. So lots of change. So let's see, where do we want to go from there? So let's think about, uh, we've already talked about houses off air. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to curb the house. <laughs> for now. Uh, but do you know if you're having a boy or girl? We are not going to find out. Okay. Do you have a preference either way? No. Okay. I think it's a girl. Yeah. David has no idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think his, he, he just started a new job too. So I think he's kind of still in that mode and just wants to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. Right. Um, we are not like nervous Nelly mm-hmm. type people. So, yeah. you know, when it comes to planning right now, we just want to make sure that I'm taking care of myself yep. physically and emotionally. Yep. <laughs> and, um, but other than that, yeah, we just don't, we're not really carrying any nerves about if it's a boy or a girl, if we're going to have a house in the next three months, yeah, right. <laughs> if yep. we're, we're really trying to, we're really trying to take it right now, like week by week, yeah. which has been very helpful. And how have, uh, how have workouts and how has kind of taking care of yourself been? Yeah. So I, there's been a lot of transitions for me mm-hmm. Jeff, at friendship the last year and a half. Yeah. So I, I just want to backtrack really quick to thrive because yeah, I started sure. at thrive yep. and loved it. Yep. Right. So we have one time slot available to us. So because of that, we have this really tight knit community oh, yeah, for sure. where you have all these bonds and friendships. Yep. And so then a year in, I'm like, Maria, what do you think? Just like, I, I think it might be time to make the transition to the CrossFit programming. And so I was really (laughs) nervous for a lot of reasons. I'm going to have to make new friends. Just like what we were talking about before. I'm worried what people are going to think of me. Like I just, I didn't feel strong. I don't know why I didn't feel as strong. And I put that in quotes because it's not true at all. But I, I did make that transition in July and it was the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't just be worried about, the friends that I made, because we know as adults, if you're going to make a friendship that will continue right? if it should. Right. And so I made the transition and I was so nervous. My first class. Yeah. I mean, I cannot even, <laughs> even begin. I walked in. I mean, I was shaking. Maria could tell. Yeah. And usually I'm pretty go with the flow. Even yeah. Too. And yeah. bubbly and yeah. really just excited to be at the gym. And like I was, Sarah's really quiet. Yeah. I mean, I did, was so nervous and I just was greeted with open arms mm-hmm. at this class and it was perfect timing for, you know, summer to transition. And, and of course I've made new relationships yeah. and formed new bonds, but, um, I think I did like 10 classes and then we got married and went on our honeymoon and yep. then I came back and had two weeks and then I found out I was pregnant. Yeah. So um, the transition has been different. Yes, very. Than what it looks like <laughs> yeah, for like other very. people. Yeah. Um, so I told Liz pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think mostly because I was nervous. Yeah. I almost went back to that time. Of, it also is like Liz's favorite thing in the world. When you come and get to tell her that. I know. Yeah. And it was like no one else really knew yeah. in the entire world. I remember walking in and Maria 
It's like, you're here early. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know. You have to be careful what you say, because if you say it out loud, you're like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to talk to Liz. Well, all the coaches will be like, you're pregnant. Andy Andy knew. You'll know right away. Andy knew as soon as I pulled her aside, I was like, hey, do you think we could chat after class? He goes, Yep. I think congratulations are yep. in order. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, know yeah, right I was going to say, yeah, we've been, we've been around it too much now or you just know the, the I way the conversation I should have known because, you know, I mean, I hadn't spent a ton of time with Liz before then. Yeah. Um, but I, I was excited to tell Liz, but also just nervous. Kind of was going back to that, like, same crutch I did when I was sick. Like, do I need to just stop? Should I leave the right. gym for right. the next nine months? Or what is this going to look like? And... I mean, I was like six weeks pregnant. I was barely yeah. <laughs> pregnant. And she just put this like sense of ease and calm mm-hmm. on the whole situation, just reminding me that not a lot is going to change right now. Yep. But as you, you know, grow in your pregnancy, that's kind of when we're going to be able to spend more time together. Right. And, you know, I think what one thing that has been helpful is seeing other people in our community that have also been, you know, walking through this journey at the same time. Yep. Um, you know, as I you know, it's, it sounds so silly, but just speaking with them or talking with them on social media and seeing that has been like a driving force for me to be there. And I mean, I will tell this to anybody, but I feel the best I do right now being six months pregnant when I'm at the gym Yeah, and not just physically, but just emotionally with the support. And I know, you know, I told you this a few weeks ago, but the, the amount of knowledge and the amount of support that is given from our coaches and um, just from the community is is incredible. You know, I mean, I I don't I don't I don't I don't think that happens everywhere. Well, right. And, you know, it's funny. And it, it, I mean, it didn't even used to happen at, at Friendship. I mean, I, I'll mm. never forget, you know, the the first couple of people who came to us from like were pregnant and our coaching staff was all male, all young, all single. And we were all kind of like, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. And then like you go home and I just, am, I'm like reading, I'm getting books at the library. Like I'm trying to study not a ton of resources out there yet. A couple stories around CrossFit that you can start to kind of read, read on mm-hmm. and, you know, just educate, educate, educate. And in, we were lucky at the time to have an OB at who had actually, I think has delivered more babies in the history of the state of Ohio than anybody ever. It's amazing. And so, you know, he was a great resource to communicate with through a lot of those early ones, but definitely turned into one of those things where it was like, you know, this is going to obviously continue to happen and at a more rapid rate now. And so, you know, we definitely have to start kind of doing this. And and Liz has been such an amazing blessing in this. And, you know, now when we start to communicate with coaches, like one of the big things we look for is we need some like life diversity, right? Like we need to start entering some of that stuff in for exactly that reason. Yes. And Liz has just not only come into that role now, and I don't even know if she necessarily is going to be able to always understand and I don't even know if, if pregnant women are always able to fully understand at the time, like what even just having somebody who's super calm, but also can help you with any of your questions and all mm-hmm. that stuff throughout everything. Um, and she's just been, you know, and she's run with it. She organized all the birth fit stuff. She's been super interested in knowing and growing. And she has this amazing ability to, um, to say like, I don't know, but I want to learn. Like she has no ego mm-hmm. about it at all. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, I don't know Liz as well as so many people in our community do, but 
again, just, you can tell that right away. Right. And that's, I mean, that's super rare. And it's really rare for coaches because you want to come across talking to somebody who's pregnant. You want to come across like, yeah, look, I've got, I've got the answers for you. Um, you know, I fully understand everything that's going on. Like you want to, you want to give them <laughs> that ease, but it, it is a lot of everybody experiences pregnancy differently. And just gonna say that. there is a lot of communication process yeah. that has to start where, you know, we have to start with asking questions about not only your comfort, your emotions, your feelings, your body, you know, everything, and mm -hmm. then kind of take it from there. And so it's openness from, you know, from the mom to be's perspective too, though, right. exactly. you know, I felt that, you know, especially I, I pretty much go to the same, you know, the same time classes each week. So I mm -hmm. see the same coaches, which I would trust every single coach, you know, in our friendship family. Um, but I just have to say that being able to be open and honest about how you're feeling things that you're comfortable with. That's a, that's a huge part of it too. Right. right. You know, because you need to know, right. Exactly. If you don't know how in the world, you know, do we expect you to be able to help us right. exactly. and, and support us as we, you know, go on. I mean, I, did I really expect at six months pregnant that I was going to be <laughs> still at the gym? No. Right. Right. Absolutely and I actually want to talk not. about, I want to talk about that because I, because <laughs> I'm always fascinated and we've had, um, a few people who are pregnant who have been on the podcast while they were pregnant also and still mm -hmm. doing CrossFit as well. And I, you know, I always think that that's, um, you know, it becomes a personal choice. Well, I would say it probably becomes a personal choice right away, but it, it, it definitely, I think as you go on, then it really, you know, I think even Liz would tell you like at some point, you know, you're, you're you can stop and it's just going to be a hundred percent on. And it's okay. You. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's okay. Yep. And you know, I think it's, you have, you know, just recently you have, you know, the Shayla's and the Megan's and these people who exactly. are, you know, kind of going through that and they're kind of, they're kind of going all the way up and, mm -hmm. you know, you see like things go, go through really successfully for them. And I think yeah. just like you said, the, that little bit of release, um, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of studies on it, but we know the benefits of exercise. And I think when you know what, what, if you were to, you know, start to take time off work, not be around the kids. If you were to start to take time away from the gym, not be around those people, not be around those positive relationships oh. and start to seclude. Right. And start to think about like, okay, like I'm just going to kind of sit around the couch a little bit more dangerous and, place to be. All right. I think that mentally that does, that puts you into such a more, um, you know, depressive state. Like and that gets you into that leading into that's where the baby's mm -hmm. going to be entering from. And so I think that that's such yes. a, such a huge piece of it is to stay mentally in that kind of in that game. And, you know, it's been incredible. I, Cause I always try to put myself in that situation. I'm like, would I keep going if I was pregnant? Mm. And I'm just like, as I don't know, like it's pregnancy to, uh, to a guy <laughs> and especially me, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Like that's, I didn't think I was going to go at all. Though, it's a Jeff. lot. Yeah. Right. I mean, at all. I thought I was, again, we didn't Which know that totally we were going to be able to get pregnant. Uh, to be honest, we didn't, if I was, my doctor's like, if you ever do get pregnant and you're able to carry your own child, we have no idea what this pregnancy is going to look with you right. pending prior history. Right. And so I think, I know, like you're saying, there's not a ton of studies. We don't know a ton. Right. Maybe this is something we need to look more into over right. the years. Right. I think that the movement that I'm doing right now at the gym is why we're not seeing so many of those negative things that we thought we would. Right. 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 Yeah. And I, I just was thinking about what you were saying and I, I know every person's pregnancy looks different. So right. I just can only speak to, for myself. Right. But when you watch TV or you talk to people, 
you know, so much of what we see in the media is this sense of being pregnant and be able to just kind of do what you want. Right. And I didn't want to go that route. Right. Like, just because I'm carrying a baby doesn't mean I can't live the rest of my life. I don't want to sit on the couch every right. single night eating a bunch of junk and right. not moving my body. Right. Why should I be changing those things? And again, it's different for everybody, but yep. I... That's the other thing about coming to the gym is it's not just the physical movement. It's reminding myself like how to take care of myself nutritionally right. and emotionally because yep. that's kind of the expectation. Right. Well, and I think too, when you take that mentality, there's like, you don't, you aren't even thinking about it yet, but there's a time three or four months down the road. Once you, once you've maybe three or four years down the road and you're going to be faced with a super challenging workout or something that seems insurmountable and you're, <laughs> you're going to get in that boat and you're going to be like, but then in your head, you've just got that backup blur is like, look, I did CrossFit class when I was nine months pregnant. Like I can freaking do this. Like no problem. Seriously though. And the resiliency <laughs> that it builds up, I always think is like, you know, you, you have this edge mentality. Um, and I have, I just, I have an unbelievable, like the most utmost respect for, you know, women who continue to come in and they continue to like, when you start watching, you're like, they do the same warm up. They go through mm. the same class. And like, there are even some classes sometimes where you're like, they didn't scale a thing. <laughs> and you're just like, like I watched Carly go through her full pregnancy. I watched uh, Melinda. I watched mm. Melinda. I mean, this is the craziest thing I ever saw. We did a hero workout and you're carrying, <laughs> carrying a sandbag running for 400 meters. And it was like a 30 minute hero workout. And she's like three or four months pregnant. And she just toasted Basement. all the guys. And I just remember thinking, like, I love everything about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I just, I'm coaching the class. <laughs> and like a couple of the guys were guys were like, I'm like, okay, these are guys where it's fine to, punch a hole in their ego. They got yeah. some to spare. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, guys, this, this 40 year old woman <laughs> is pregnant and she is smoking you guys. And it is awesome to watch. And it was, and it's like, there but you just see magical about what your body right? and your brain does, Jeff. And I never had that until I was pregnant. The start of my second trimester is when it happened. I, <laughs> I've had more PRs in my second trimester right? than I have in almost two years of being at the gym. Right. Like, how does that, right? How is that possible? Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> so. There's some interesting studies talking about now about how central nervous system, like motherly instinct, is what people mm. would call it. But oh, they yeah. talk about your central nervous system becomes more primed to be able to exert higher degrees of force once you start getting <laughs> like more into that, um, you know, being protective, being, being yeah. a mother. And, you know, I think that that's got to be in some degree kind of what's happening is you just feel mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm able to exert more force here because I'm, I'm, you know, more in tune with my central nervous. Like I'm more in tune mm -hmm. with putting out a hundred percent of the raw force yeah. that I can, if I need to. Right. I'm just still imagining her at that hero workout. I mean, I just feel like we're in very different <laughs> parts of our fitness journey, but I'm just thinking about like how amazing that would be to look next to me and see that I'm smoking a bunch of these guys. Oh yeah. It was awesome. That, oh. It was like, I mean, I, I couldn't, I felt like some, I try not to be an overbearing coach. Like I don't, I don't like to be constantly cheered when I work out. So for me, like I always have a, try to have a healthy relationship. Like yeah. I want you to know I'm here, I'm supporting you. I'm going to give you cues. I'm going to communicate with you, but I'm not going to be there. Like I'm not going to be 
be just like this huge cheerleader. And I like that was sure. one of those ones where I was like, man, I might have gone overboard with Melinda because I was just so fucking cool to watch. You know what, though? Awesome. <laughs> Sometimes you have to have those moments. Right. And I think that there are a lot of things that people would consider to not be wins while you're pregnant. Right. You know, as you're losing things and things like that, like that's right. a. Oh yeah, that's a win. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's when I it's like we would have called her even coming in doing like carrying the sand. You're already carrying a sandbag. Like you'll need to carry a sandbag for this workout. You're already carrying thirty or forty extra pounds. I felt lately like I needed to strap a sandbag onto my back so that I don't even yourself out. So that I yeah, don't right. topple over. Yeah, right. I follow this amazing mom on Instagram, and she's a she's incredible in her third trimester right now with her second baby, and just she did something like that because yeah. she's still just living in beast mode. Right. And I'm like, gosh, that's, I mean, it makes sense. Right. <laughs> like it's just, our bodies are doing these, these crazy things. But yet, like I was saying, and I, I have to tell you, I'm getting used to not saying the word just. Yeah. Right. right. So the other day I, we talk about this as coaches all the time. Like I, I had a sumo deadlift PR and I was like, oh, but it was just this amount. And I stopped myself. It right. was on the drive home. And I was like, stop it. Right. You're new to, this CrossFit side of this programming, right. you're six months pregnant. And you know what? Even if you weren't six months pregnant, yeah. who cares? Yeah, it's not a, it's not a just, yeah. but then I realized <laughs> on the other side, I was like, I am six months pregnant. And I did just PR that. And that was a little bit of my personal willpower, but yeah. a lot of it was because of the support and the community of people we're in, because I have to say, and especially for me going to Jenny's classes, mm-hmm. she expects so much out of us. Right. And I love that yeah. because I feel like she is prepared and ready and on top of it. And she knows how to take care of us. Yep. Th- those of us who are pregnant, she really does. I mean, right. she does such a good job of yep. helping us with modifications, but she also still expects a lot out of us. Yep. Right. And when I go to these, you know, these classes, I'm like, gosh, like I look forward to going and getting pushed. Right. Because I feel like we still can be. Right. And I hope, I, I want our coaching staff to hear that, that, right. you know, I don't want to be babied. Right. You know, none of us want to be babied. We're coming because we still want to be there right. to get stronger. Yep. And I have, that has been my favorite part. Well, and I think language, like to go back to what you're saying, the, the language that we all use is so important. And, you know, mm-hmm. something that we talk all the time about is like, you know, it, it's amazing when you become sensitive to it, mm-hmm. how much people put these little asterisks on their own accomplishments and achievements mm-hmm. and they do it to themselves all the time. And now like I'm so sensitive, like I don't, I have zero tolerance for it. I'm not going to let you diminish your own accomplishments. And so I'm immediately going to call attention to it. Yes. And I think it's, you know, and I, I like, I'll do it to coaches when they're talking about the workouts. It's like, you know, Hey, if you guys, you know, we talk about this one all the time, it's, you know, Hey, if you guys can't do pull-ups, you guys are just going to do borrows today. And it's like that right there. I'm like, Nope. Like that's totally incorrectly termed. Right. Because borrows are it's diminishing. Well, right. I mean, exactly. a little bit. It and, is. and borrows are a hundred percent. They are number one. Like it might, for me, they're, they're harder than pull-ups. I think that they are one of the best and most functional exercises mm-hmm. that you can do. It also is one of the best thing that builds us a up. lot of them. Right. Yeah. It, it's one of the things that builds us to a pull-up. And so, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us. Like it's low hanging fruit. It's I something that. that we can get better at today. And it has, if we're looking anatomically, what's going on, 
we're literally getting the exact same value from the person yeah. over here who's doing pull-ups. There's no difference. And and a step in the right direction to get where you need to go. Exactly. Just Pre- like Coach Liz's. Yep. I was just reading her blog post. Yeah. It's just like that. Exactly. I mean, you have to start somewhere. Yep. But that those little those little mm. terms and yes. I don't think it's the like it's not the coach's fault they're not doing it by anything. It, it is just the way that we communicate Habit. about things. Yep. And it's so interesting when yeah. you know when you I, you kind of I always say like raise your bullshit meter when people start saying that stuff and you just are immediately like, nope, like that, that's not going to fly in here. And you it can't. Tr- yeah. Right. And it's for it, psychic of your athletes, well, especially in a staff. gym atmosphere. It's just like, you could do that to yourself. I'm telling you, like oh. you could do it to yourself to the highest levels. You could just be like, you can be a guy and you see it, you see it with really high level competitors. Like you used to see it with Maria mm. and she'd be, I mean, she's like, Tenth in the region, you know, top 150 in the world, and she's diminishing her accomplishments because mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, like I, I just hit this today, and you're just like, you yeah. realize that's still incredible. Like uh, half the gym amazing killed to be able to do that, yeah. and so it's uh, you know, it's it's just in a mm-hmm. you know, it's something that we all have to work at, and, and it starts it's Gosh, it's with yes. every single part of the community, and everybody has to be able to do that. And obviously, for me, I just think it starts with me, and then it goes to the coaches, and then from the coaches, it goes out to the community. Um, but it is something that, like, once you start to really reframe and recommunicate those things the yes. right way, it can have a really big impact. So I think it's cool to see that you've already started to feel some of that within the community and the coaching staff as it, a whole. It has, and it's, I'm really, a lot of it has been, again, since I've gotten pregnant, just this new sense of understanding my body and figuring out what my body is able to do. I feel stronger now than I did before I got pregnant, which I guess it doesn't seem like it makes sense. It's like a little bit cloudy, but I do. Right. Um, Cause I fully believe that strength is mental and physical. It is. And yep. so I think that just with all of the support I've gotten Plus just being able to push myself. And I think I'm just also excited to, this is so selfish, but to share with this little boy or little girl, like what mom could do. Oh yeah. And you know, that's not like, that's not me trying to be boastful, but it's just me saying, Hey, like I'm proud. I want to be able to tell my kids things that I'm proud of. You know, I, well, they learn, they know too. Like it's one of those yes. things where they, they know, like that's, I think the coolest thing, what I'm most excited about is when we get to this, when we get to this future time, right. When mm-hmm. you get the kids who all, you know, were born with mom and dad coming to the gym mm-hmm. and now they're in tots class and then they're yes. in kids class and then they're in preteens and then teens and like, and they're going through this process and the whole time mom and dad have been coming to the gym and they just know like, James is just going to know like my mom and dad are badass. Like they, they're, they just, they, they work super hard. They're super disciplined. They eat healthy, like, and, and they're just awesome. Right. And there's going to be like dozens and dozens and dozens of kids in our community that grow up with parents like that. And I just think that that's one of those things. That's like the long tail that we don't even know. Cause Mm -hmm. just CrossFit still in its, you know, first 15 or 20 years. So we haven't even come from a full generation to of that yet. Multiple generations. Right. And when you start to see even like a, like a Rye or a Nathan or a Julian, you see how mature those oh. teenagers are and you start to see what it's done for them. And now you start to take that and you're like, now give them another 10 years or 15 years of that disciplined mindset yes. and that ability to communicate effectively with adults all the time. You just put them <laughs> in these atmospheres and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be, 
really cool. And then the local level, when you start thinking just about your kids, it's like, like, yeah, like don't, you know, wouldn't you want your kid to feel that way about you? Like, I just think that's so, I think it's so cool. Yes. And our lives, uh, this is, I mean, a tiny bit off topic, but David and I talk all the time. I mean, even in, (laughs) we mentioned CrossFit in our wedding vows. I mean, you know, we, we talked about, we were asked, what are these things that are really important? You know, we talked about our faith and then we talked about, you know, barbershop because we both sing barbershop. And then we talked about, you know, fitness and, you know, this idea of health for us and our future kids. Mm -hmm. And that is, again, everything has changed (laughs) since we both joined this community. Um, And we know that we're going to be better because of it. I mean, we're talking already, you know, three, four years from now, I'm like, gosh, we can't wait for our kids to be coming to the gym and working out with us. And I think that that, I, I don't know. I just am like trying to, we tried to last week, Dave and I like strip friendship away from our lives for a second Mm -hmm. to see what it would look like. And it, I don't, I mean, it was sad. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not, I'm not just saying that (laughs) like blow smoke, but it's, it's true. Neither of us had any nutritional background of how to take care of ourselves. You know, we didn't know how to physically take care of ourselves. And then all of a sudden it just, I mean, it just kind of landed in front of us. I'm like, yeah. Well, how? but I think to your, to your point, like, I, you know, I think that asking those questions sometimes, you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's something I'm paying a lot of attention to now. And I've had this communication a few times with people where, you know, thinking about the big questions that I can put up on a whiteboard and I do this, this is like, this is sort of how I, uh, practice mindfulness, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. where I think about like, what's a big question that I could just play through. Right. So for you, it would be the question would be, what if we didn't go to friendship anymore? Right. And you can just play through the whole scenario. You can play through, you know, what would you do for this? What would you do for that? And, you know, and then you can start to realize like, okay, this is definitely going to be something I want to keep in my life. And this is something that I'm actually very grateful for. And, you know, and then vice versa, you can also use that in, in a way to start running through some scenarios to be like, maybe this isn't something I want in my life anymore. Maybe this is. Yeah, absolutely. And then you also sort of realize too, that like, you know, even if it is a scenario where it's like, you know, maybe I'll cut that out and then you can be like, but I'll be fine because you know, you can play through the whole scenario. Absolutely. You can practice all of that and you can see, this is the things that I actually love out of it. And this is the things Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe now are, you know, I'm not, not as happy with. Right. And so I think that that's, it's an interesting way that you kind of thought about that because I think that that is actually a practice of gratitude. If it turns out to be a positive thing. Yeah. Um, and then if it turns out to be a negative thing, like then you can start to reevaluate. So, you know, I would always tell you to, which is also okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. I would tell you just keep doing it. Like it's, Mm -hmm. You know, I try to tell people all the time, I think sometimes it's interesting when you start to, you know, when people cancel, they decide that, hey, it's not best for me anymore. They want to move on. I think sometimes because of the relationships and all the stuff, it gets really challenging for yeah. people to to visualize what that's going to look like or even to to make that call. And we see it, obviously, sometimes it's forced with people moving and they're they're well, sad right. about that for, you know, for multiple reasons. But, you know, what I always think is so interesting is it, it's like, look, I you have to understand also that like if you're not actively doing what's best for you mm-hmm. then when you come into the facility you won't be 100% here you're not going to be engaging with people mm-hmm. you're not going to be you know interested in the coaching staff interested in you know engaging with the programming working hard you're not going to be an amazing member of the community and what we know is the most valuable thing is the community. Yes. And if you get people who are highly engaged who are excited to be there and you know who are going to 
try hard and work with those things and work through pregnancies and be a part of the community and support the pregnant woman to the left and right of me, like be, be that type of person. Um, then it's going to continue to be amazing. And so like, for me, I'm always like, if you start to feel that way, then it's best for both of us. Like if you just walk away, you know, take a hiatus, think about some other things, Mm -hmm. try these other things that you're interested in. And you're always welcome back with open arms. And traditionally when people circle back and do come back, they end up being some of like our, the best members of our community that doesn't surprise because me. when they left, they sort of realized like, okay, I was actually going there for the people or for the relationships, or I was actually going there for the consistency and the structure or, you know, somebody hold me accountable for nutrition or yeah. exercise or whatever. And since I've left, I haven't gotten any of that. And you get complacent. It's right. Cape Renter at night, uh, talk about that a lot. So we work together at Wyandotte yeah, right. and we talk a lot. I mean, most mornings we come in, you know, she's, she goes early in the morning and I go in the afternoons and we, you know, we just, it's actually, it's, it's nice having someone from the friendship community at school just to talk about things with, especially, you know, as I've grown in my pregnancy and we talk a lot about how you have to have a great sense of self, you know, right. to continue on and in, to continue being, um, what we would talk about being like a good member right. of the gym. Cause that looks different for everybody, right. but you know that, that it is important for us to be able to reflect on ourselves and what does that mean for you personally? Right. Right. right? And so that's been, it's, yeah, we've had some really beautiful conversations about yeah. what that looks like at the gym. Cause we do know that everybody's well, the person who left and came back. And, yeah. and so it's, it's, it really is. I think we forget that everyone's journey looks different. Right. You know, I, I remember the first time I made the switch over and I was like, Oh my gosh, some of these people are going six times a week and that's not for me. Right. And then I realized that's okay. That's oh, yeah. okay. Like I wouldn't that's even okay. recommend it. Right. I can't conform. I can't conform to what everyone else is doing. I need to do right. what's best for me. Right. And I think that that's been, that's also supported though right. in our for community. Sure. Right. You know, whatever is best for you is what is supported. It's not right. what's best for the person next to you. Right. And so that's, I've loved that. Yeah. And we've worked really hard. I mean, it's, you know, at first when you start thinking about even just the structures, the systems that you get put into when, when we first started, you know, we, we might not have, we, we might've failed you, you know, early on because our systems and structures were much more group oriented by nature. And there wasn't as much of that individual, um, you know, figuring out, uh, individual, even just coaching relationship stuff from the standpoint of you figuring out what your journey is individually with a coach, whether Mm -hmm. that be Maria, um, or Andy or Liz or whoever you know, is coaching the class or Jenny, whoever is coaching the class that you're coming to, right. um, you know, and, and that's something for us where, and that's a big part of why I try to do the podcast is I try so hard to help people understand yes. inside of the social pressure pressures of any community, right? There's going to be these things where you start to feel like, um, like maybe even that the, the leadership or the coaches that they, they want everybody to do that. And it's like, they really don't, you know, but because of, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm sure you see it with kids at recess and stuff. Like there are kids at recess where you're just like, you know what I would, I would really prefer if that, you know, if that kid didn't play with those kids, because I think those kids play really healthy. And I don't think that that would be healthy for this, you know, (laughs) young boy or girl. And so true. And that's, you know, and so then if, but if they feel those social pressures and they go and do that and you know, they're going to have a bad experience, then it's like, we should try to protect that. And so I always think that that's the thing for us where it's like, you know, we have to keep the, 
individual, the selfishness, like you said, selfishness, like Mm -hmm. that's why you come. Like you need to have that grain of, I need to be selfish in this way. And I need to, I need to take from coaches and I need to take from other people. I need to take some of these things, but then I can also give quite a bit back as well. Just going to say that, that that's, that's part of your job being in a community. It's not just showing up and take, take, take and leaving. Right. You know, cause that's, that's going to just, I mean, that's going to make everything completely (laughs) destructible. I mean, so you have to give and it it could just be giving by sharing a smile or giving by, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. But I I think that that is that is extremely crucial. I mean, it can even be as much. So we have some people who are like Maria, who are just huge energy givers, right? Like they're just going to be, that's, that's sort of their role. But we also have people who are very introverted and, you know, Cole Nace is always the one who kind of comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Don't know if he even listens to the podcast, but, uh, but he's a little bit more quiet, but he's one of those guys where he always asks really meaningful questions he always is actually interested in how your day has been, what's mm-hmm. going on with you. And he'll, he'll ask you, you know, how you're doing and he'll, he'll listen and he'll communicate with you. And, you know, it's it time. might just be you and him over on a barbell together. Um, but he just is a, that little bit of engaging nature to him. And the fact that he'll really listen and yes. he'll really care, um, that's, that's how he chooses to give. And I, and he's, I think one of the most giving people in the community because he's so, uh, just selfless in those questions and, mm-hmm. and, you know, cooperative and there, you know, and just engaging. And so I think it's, you know, it is, it's everybody's got to give kind of in their own way, mm-hmm. but I think it's really interesting when you start to look at, um, you know, when, when those things shift and change, it's like, you know, okay, I'm pregnant now. You then have to have that mental switch of, I've got to take a little bit more. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need to, and it's, that's that was hard. It is right. And this is, this is why I think it's important to have this conversation is like, you're going to have times in the times when you maybe struggle or you're going through something, something new mm-hmm. are the times where then you have to change your mode. And we've seen a lot of people go through struggles and they yeah. get uncomfortable with, asking. They get uncomfortable taking more. Right. Right. Really guilty. I remember walking into one of my first classes that I knew I was going to have to make some changes to the workout. And I almost didn't go. Right. Not because I didn't think I could do it, but because I was nervous. Like, what, what am I going to do? What if they don't have time? I don't want to take up their time from the class. There could be 30 people there. And it wasn't even Andy's class. And he just walked me right up to the board. We didn't have the screens yet. We walked right up to yeah, the board right. and he said, okay, so this is like, here are our choices. Yep. Right. I mean, and I, I just stopped and I went home and I was like, yep. I told my husband, I was like, I, I need to not feel this way again. Yep. But I did feel guilty because I didn't want to take more time from our coaches. But then I realized our, that's why they're there. Right. Right. They want exactly. to help you. They yeah. want to be able to right. love you in that way and to be able to give to you in that way. And so it's, it, that was that yeah. was really challenging. Yeah, at it is. First. And it's hard and it's hard for, you know, from our end too, because a lot of us, you know, it's it, it is sort of that like, you know, I don't want to constantly be feeling like I'm like you had said, like you want to be challenged. You you don't want to constantly be being over being like, are you OK? Like, is how do you There's feel? There's a fine line. Yeah, right. And so when when, you know, both parties can kind of meet in that halfway perspective, I think is always when it's best. But that's the that mentality of, mm-hmm. you know, the like, OK, you know, and it could be struggling from a different, you know, just, you know, hey, I've I've, I've been feeling 
disconnected or depressed or I haven't been as good with my relationships lately. Right. In any way. Right. And so like just little things like you just, sometimes you just have to have to take a little bit more and you just have Mm -hmm. to ask for, for that. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of those things that's really, really hard that I actually think pregnancy helps people with because you're going to have a day where you have to, like you can avoid it unless you don't come. Right. And it's like, if you're going to show up to be a choice though, (laughs) right. Exactly. And I don't want, I don't want people listening to think that's a choice. Right. right? I mean, you want to show up and and work through those hard times. Right. And that's that's it. So when, you know, when those day comes, but then sometimes it happens in, you know, it happens emotionally, it happens with a relationship, it happens mm-hmm. with, you know, a small injury and, prepared. and you start to get those, those people where it's like, if they've never done that before, if they've yeah. never, you know, had a, a day where they, you know, ask the coaches or ask even the community members, you know, if you just get somebody who, and you have people like this all the time and you do such an amazing job. I love when you come in, you're like a ray of sunshine, you're always all smiles. You're like looking left, looking right. Like, who can I give a hug to? Where can I see? And that's amazing. I love that. And that's what, that's one of those things. But every now and again, you know, people come in and they're not having a great day and, you know, and all they need is to see somebody smiling and mm-hmm. hugging and asking them how they're doing. And, um, you know, and that's why they are coming in. That's what they might need to take away from that community from that day. Right. It's um, a safe place. Right. Right. So yeah, it's been interesting, you know, as we've started to kind of talk about some of these things and uh, trying to let stuff like that be not only more thoughtful, but mm-hmm. also be something that, you know, people are aware of, you know, yeah. I think is, is the big thing is, you know, look like if you're as happy as can be and you're coming in every day and you're getting everything you want and everything you need, that's amazing. Like, congratulations. Yeah. It's awesome. It probably won't be always that way. And so what it you need be. to know is <laughs> when it's not that way, then, you know, here's your steps and right. here's what you need to do. Mitchell talked about that last week or the week before in class. I remember, you know, he's like, whatever is happening on this Monday, it's okay to leave it at the door. Right. It's okay to leave it and come in here and do it, do what you need to do, you know, for yourself. And I really appreciated that. You know, it's not that it was a, it wasn't a, like a bad day for me, but I was just thinking he's right. You know, it is okay to leave it at the door. It's also okay to come in and, and share with, you know, the people around you too. He's like, if you need to leave it right and come in here and do what you need to do for yourself. I'm like, that's yes. Yeah. That's everything. Well, Bobby, you know, we did a podcast uh, a couple of days ago and, and, you know, he made, he told a great story. He was talking about, um, you know, how he came in, he was kind of bitching and, you know, he's like talking it just kind of venting to, to the guys. <laughs> and was like, it was like, yeah. And, you know, scratched a huge scratch all over my car. Lon's listening. He's a car guy. And he walks outside and goes and looks at Bobby's car and goes, dude, just bring it over to my house. Like we can get it fixed up. And it's like, and so same exact thing happened for us. Our water heater broke and you know, you're sitting there and like we had, we had Blitz's surgery bill and we had all this stuff. And like, you know, you're just sitting there and finances are are rough and you're just at that point where you're just like, Oh my God, not another thing. And so I come in and you know, I'm just kind of in one of those, those moods. And I, I actively go to the gym sometimes when I'm like that, just, to just to feed off of other people's energy, which is selfish of me. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm talking and, and I, and I tell Justin and he goes, dude, I'll call my dad right afterwards. He's like, we'll get you hooked up. And just like immediately, like that's the family component right there. Right. And it puts, puts you at ease. And that can be the positive sometimes of, you know, you're having a rough day or something's not going your way and you can go and you can vent and you'd be amazed at what, what can come to you when you're, when you're vulnerable enough to put those out into, into a safe place and into a place where, 
you know, you know that you're, you are supported by those other people yes. around you. But again, it's the same thing. Like you There's also, a line. yeah, right. You have to get, you have to give to, to get there. And Bobby's one of those people where, you know, he's, I think, you know, a situation was reversed. If Bobby could help Lon in any way, he would, he would have. Yeah. Right. There is a line, you know, I, my husband and I are very different in some ways, but we're also very similar in this way that we feel no matter where we're going, we want to make sure that we're, you know, loving people first. And, you know, we're trying to learn that it's okay if you're having a tough moment to share, we just don't want to feed off of negative energy, you know? And so where's, we just, you know, try and figure out where's the balance, you know, how can we, you know, share our life story and share things that are happening. Um, but also, Remember, Charlotte's a little love ball right now. Oh my goodness! She loves it when the when the the dogs are out of the house and she can just be she can oh, be the cuddler. The attention. Yep. Oh my god. She's so she's so depraved these days, um, right. comparatively to who she was before. Oh my god. So, yeah. I'm loving every second. We just we we feel very strongly about that. You know that, but it. For us, it's on the other side of things. How can we share in those moments when we're tough? You know, I, um, I've been really trying, like last week I walked in the three days that I was there and when there was one day just wasn't feeling good. Someone said, how are you feeling, Sarah? My gosh, you're looking great. And I just said, actually, I'm not feeling great today. And that was the first time I think I've said something like that out loud at the gym. Yeah. And it was so good for the soul yeah. to let that out. Cause again, like I said, the balance, it's not like I'm sharing every detail. I'm not yep. complaining, but just saying, Hey, like I, yeah, I don't feel great. Right. But right. that allows people around you to then like feed their positive energy right. into you, you right. know, during that, you know, hour you have together. Yeah. Well, um, like gauge too, you know, I'm not going to be at a 10 if you're at a four, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so. To 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but that, but it takes vulnerability. And I think mm. those are the, those are the things that are, also that hard. are super hard for people, especially in that communal setting. So, so you've been all in the gym now probably coming up on a little over a year right i think a year and a half is what i think right. I was, like two julys ago yeah nice yeah that's awesome um and then i think when you are post pregnancy the hmm. thing that i find always most interesting is so you know obviously there's some some things post pregnancy that like you have to keep in mind right um but you know i always kind of think about it's really fun and it's really exciting to start thinking about um mapping out what your comeback is going to kind of feel like. If that we've makes been sense. talking about this for weeks. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> so I didn't know if you were already Ooh. doing it, but I would love to hear about kind of what you've been, what you guys have been talking about. Yeah. So I, my greatest fear right now is that I, I know I want to come back. That's not a, that's, that's not the question. Mm-hmm. My fear is going to be going from being at the gym right now, as often as I am to cutting it completely off, which I know we have to do. Yeah, That's right. not, I, for, not only for your baby, but also for your body. And right. I, and I do understand that, right. you know, but I, I told my husband, I said, David, I, I can't take too much time off that I'm then going to get to the point where I'm going to feel like I can't go. Right. Right. And so, you know, we kind of talked about, it was like every excuse in the book. Well, you know, Oh, second week of August, I'm going to be starting at a brand new building and all of these things. And I'm like, but the reason that I'm feeling so good is because of the time I'm spending, you know, you know, at friendship in our community. And so 
you know, I, 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 someone, someone came back last week and I saw her and she was like, she's like seven weeks out. Yeah. Like, holy, my goal just changed. I was like, okay, well, my goal is going to be September 1st. Like I was like, okay, maybe I'll take June, July and August off and I'll come back in September. It's like seven weeks. Yeah. And I think six weeks is like the actual medical minimum. And then (sighs) we've seen a couple sevens. Holy moly. That's quick. But I asked why. Right. You know, and she said, because this is this is my sanity. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, you know, I know we have to play it by ear, but I was like, I know that I'm going to need to get back for many reasons. Right. And so I was, you know, I've just been kind of, you know, I've been talking to Shayla and some of these other people that, you know, are making their transitions, um, you know, back to the gym and just trying to figure out what they're, it's like this little band of like sisters, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all going through the same thing yep. and I'm much much, much farther back from them. But I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very nervous about this transition yeah. because if it was, you know, it was up to me, I was like, gosh, August 1st, like I'd be back. I'd be back and ready to go. But I don't know. Like, do you, I don't know. I don't know where the line is because I don't want to let myself down. Yeah. Right. And, but I remember one of the first things Liz said to me at six weeks pregnant, <laughs> she said, before we have to worry about any modifications of workouts. The one thing I want to remind you of is to not take too long off after because you don't want to not come back. Right. And that has stuck with me since for six months. Yeah. Right. Like Sarah, how are you going to find that transition plan? And you know, and Dave and I are like, well, if one of us has to go to the five thirty AM, then we do that. You're going to have a new baby. Right. Yeah, right. But we have to be able to prioritize because what we also talked about was Dave and I said, we can't allow ourselves to lose everything that was important to us right. because we yeah. don't want that Maintain to be the autonomy. Yeah. Yes. Right. And our sense of self. Yep. And that is very, very important to me. Like I, I need to make sure that I'm going to keep who I am because I don't right. want to slip into that. Well, right. And when you start thinking about that, sorry, Charlotte's really an active member of this podcast. Uh, when you start to think about that too, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's for you, there's, you know, 25 third graders or more mm-hmm. who are going to suffer if you're not operating as your best self, True. Um, you know, your son or daughter, your marriage, your relationship. Like, I think those are the things to be acutely aware of, of, you know, this stuff helps me operate at a higher percentage. And, yes. And then when you, <laughs> <laughs> that was so loud. She so badly wants to be active in this. She's like blitz barks, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to rub my face on the microphones the over and over. Um, so, well, it's good. You like cats. Um, cause no, I was I gonna say, cats. Other, otherwise she'd be a, she'd be a menace, but this is what, so when I try to program, I program right back here and she <laughs> will just jump onto my forearms over and over. Of and like, you, you can't type or use a mouse when she's doing that. So yeah. she's a bit of a menace in this room. So a lot of times she obviously it's gets, cause she knows gets, that you're getting work done here. Right. And she gets, yeah, she gets locked out a lot. She and says so we're smart. Right now she's, we don't have the ability to do that. So that's why she's taking advantage. Um, but you can tell how active, look at her, look at her. She's going everywhere. She's not supposed to be Little going. Stinker. She's going to start eating the sound pads. <laughs> I was just going to say. All the corners of all <laughs> the sound at pads. Look yep. yep. oh. She's a full on, full on psychopath. So. But also the cutest, sweetest little thing. Yeah, she's very cute. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, we're very blessed with animals uh, around this house. And I always try to I always have to think about how how um, 
you know, thankful I am for them uh, because they go too. through so much of uh, being just total little terrors. But even when she's a little terror, like she's but just they also doing it. love us through every single thing oh, that we yeah, go through sure. right. and they just, I mean, I don't know what we would do without our cat. So yeah. I can't, we love her. But I mean, really we're like, gosh, I'm going to be having the worst day ever. And I come home and yep. my cat is just so excited to see. Right. Me. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say Charlotte with, if, if like we, I mean, if we even sleep in in the slightest, she's like, Oh no. Having none of it because no, 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 there is no sleeping in. Right. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Yeah. They, they all like start to act as this cohort Uh and, uh, Charlotte's free. So she'll start jumping on the door (laughs) and then Blitz and Gus will start whining and barking. And it's just like this full on attack approach. Um, so yeah, they've been, it's been Siamese. So she's just loud. Yeah. Loud. Yep. Well, she we had her through her first heat cycle, which I'd never been with a cat through. Mm. Um, that's a very interesting mm. noise. We did not have Ruby at that point. And so now, now she's she's pretty quiet. But man, oh, like no. I'll never forget. We're like watching TV, Marie and I, and you're, you're just like you start to kind of hear it over the TV, and you like mute it, and you're like, "What <laughs> is that?" It's just like. <laughs> Listen, that's now that's Ruby all day. Oh, so Every she's day. she's sitting in the center of our concrete basement at our old place. Oh my god! And just by herself, sitting in the center in this like that like braced position where uh-huh. I think where a female cat would get mounted. Oh yeah, and just like mating call just for yeah. like an hour. <laughs> you just like you like watch you come down mm-hmm. and you, she sees you and she's like like uh-huh. you're not supposed to be watching this. It's like next time you see my husband, you ask bizarre. him about how loud. Our cat is. Yeah. That's a, it's going to be interesting. It'll be good training when the baby comes. Yeah, right. <laughs> because he's like, if that baby, though, has not been to sleep for four hours and it finally falls asleep and that cat was like, nope, just don't go there yet. I'm interested. I'm always interested to see. Like, that's, I think if we ever have kids, what I'd be most interested to see is how Blitz Gus, I know what Charlotte would do. Charlotte would just watch from afar. That's all she ever does. She'd be fine. Um, but, you know, what Blitz and Gus would do. Like, they, oh, they'd love it. I think it'd be so interesting. Oh, so, love it. Uh, well, what else, what else from your note, uh, Pat, did, are we missing? Do you, do you feel the need to, um, to really communicate about anything more or anybody else? Did we not talk about how much, how amazing David is yet. I mean, he is pretty amazing. He is very amazing. He, yeah. is, he reminds me of, of who you were just talking about a little bit ago, just about that quiet. You know, he is, we are very different. I mean, yeah. I, I often walk into a room and I do share my energy because that's like my way of giving mm-hmm. and loving. But David is just this sense of calm. Yeah, he's very stoic. He is, but he's a really hard worker. And I'm not just saying that because I love him. And I'm not just saying that because he's my husband. But like if I was walking into the gym and we were taking the same class, I'm like, I want to probably watch him to make sure I'm doing something correctly. Because he's just, I don't know. He pays just such careful and close attention to what people are telling him. And he doesn't speak up very often. But if he does, it's something that is very important. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how in the world I got lucky enough for him to choose me <laughs> every morning. That's a really nice way to put it. No, it really is. I'm like, yeah. gosh, how did I get so lucky to have a man like that? I mean, he's he's just going to be the best dad. Well, and I'm sure he'd say the same about you. It's no, and, but you know, I think you guys are. It, 
I'm, I'm lucky to have been around some pretty incredible couples. And I just think you guys are such a, such a fantastic mix for each other. But I think those, yeah. And that's, I think what it is. I mean, it's so Maria and I are very odd couple in terms of, in terms (laughs) of, um, you know, I guess similarities as well. Mm -hmm. Like we're not, we're so different. Um, but you know, yeah, right. Exactly. And I think it's, it ends up being a lot of those things that you love the most about him. Oh my gosh. So yeah. yeah, I know he's, he's the best. Yeah. He's, he's pretty amazing. Well, and you know, it's one of those things. It's so funny when you track it back. Cause you know, you track it to Lisa and, and you track it to yes. Steve and you track it to all of the, um, you know, and Lisa's had her own, her own battle, um, you yes. know, and, and yes. it took a while for her to really, you know, love it. And, you know, it took, took Maria also. And, you know, yeah. it's the, the amazing part of, you know, I try to always keep this in the front of mind with Maria because she's, you know, now she's impacted enough people oh. where you start to you start to see it's like it's I, I try to tell people all the time, like it's really hard to be lack of a better way to put it like that important of a person to so many people because yeah. you get so like, I mean, she'll come home at night sometimes just like 110 text messages. And you're just like, I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like that's, you know, it's like eight 45 at night and <laughs> she's been working all afternoon oh. and you know, she got over a hundred text messages. Yeah. Um, and you know, you try so hard to be really grateful for that stuff, but obviously, you know, at times it's like, it can be like exhausting oh. too, yeah, though. it can be very exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so, but I always try to remind her of that stuff. I'm like, you have to always bring it back to how incredible it of uh, like how incredibly lucky we are to have anybody we're influencing. Yeah. To have the opportunity to have that platform. There are people that are, go through their entire lives and never make an impact on anything. Mm-hmm. And like, that's that no, to so me true. is like, like that's my worst fear. Like would be yeah. to, to just like, I, I didn't, impact or change or, you know, redirect or influence the direction of anybody's life. Like you just even think about your doctor. It's just like just those things and how he redirected your choices and how those choices all worked out for you. And I mean, it's, it's incredible to see, you know, and I think that's what draws people to, to medicine or to law or to teaching is you, you now get this platform and, you know, I think you obviously have an unbelievable respect for the teaching platform because you understand that like like I'm gonna have a I'm gonna be a pretty big deal for a lot of hours over this next every year. single move <laughs> yeah. I mean really every single move you make it doesn't matter what career you're in right yeah. but I think about how easily influenced children are right and we forget <laughs> that they're watching every right single move they watch what you eat right I've even changed what I eat in the classroom right. I mean like not that I really was making like horrible decisions but I'm like no even like what I'm doing am I am I making sure that I'm involved in the physical fitness that they're doing am yeah. I am I eating healthy around them I mean yep. because every word every move everything that you do is watched yep. and I and it doesn't matter whether it's a platform at the gym like we're talking about like Maria's which I hope she knows and sees her impact. I'm sure she does, but I, I don't know that people always do. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think know she that you understands see, the magnitude of it sometimes. Well, that's just because, like you were saying, she's being genuinely herself. Right. Right. When you're being yourself and you're not doing things for, you know, with ulterior motives, mm-hmm. then that's right. That's just exactly what it is. You're just right. being yourself. And you're like, how, how am I impacting you if I'm just being me? Right. Right. But really, we know that that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm. 
So, sometimes that's exactly what people need, though, is just for, oh. to be around people who are totally comfortable. Like I always tell people the the thing that I, I love a lot of things about Maria, but the absolute <laughs> number one thing that I love so much is is she's Maria wherever we go. Shamelessly herself. It does not ever change. <laughs> I, it, it I doesn't. believe that. And, and <laughs> there are even in, in like, you know, places and times and things where it's, you know, even for me, it's somewhat hard to even be myself sometimes. Um, she like still is just totally authentic. She'll still, she'll still in like... <laughs> The totally, I just think about time she spent with my family, and my family's a little <laughs> bit weird. And and she'll just, you know, make some sex joke to like my aunt or something. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm just sitting there, like, I don't think, like, my aunt's 70 years old. I don't think anybody's ever made that joke to her. And she's like a lawyer, she's super well educated, she's like super important. And like, I don't oh. think anybody's ever made that joke to her, you know, and, and sure enough, she's laughing. Her. She's, she's, she's all but about it's because it. it's because it's who that person is. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like thinking about the times when I go to the grocery store and my husband's like, Oh my gosh, turn your head, like stop knowing people. Right. It drives him nuts and all these things. I'm like, of course we're going to stop and have a half an hour conversation with the family. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Right. But he reminds me, I mean, as much, he pretends he's annoyed, which he's not. But then yeah. he reminds me on the drive home. He's like, like, of course, little Sarah's going to stop and talk. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I right. mean, it just, yeah. I, but I, I feel that way a lot about a lot of people in our community. Right. You know, a lot of, but Maria the most, yeah, <laughs> just right. shamelessly herself. Right. And, but that's why I loved it so much when I came to Thrive. Because I was like, that's my kind of, Right. That's my kind of people right, right there. For sure. It really yeah. Is. It's, it's, um, so, you know, being there to watch her full journey of, of, mm. you know, not being a coach and, yes. um, you know, trying to, you know, I think one of the, the most interesting parts I think about our relationship was, um, you know, she wasn't really a person who saw herself as exceptional in, mm. in anything. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think she, she didn't necessarily, you know, you work at Lulu, you do retail, you at your waiter, you, you know, work at gyms, you do some of these right. things and you know, she wasn't great at school. And I think you get a lot of people that sort of just, you know, you just sort of start to believe like, Oh, I'm just not great at anything. And I constantly am telling her, I'm like, you are literally the best in the world at this like one thing. It's and, just mind boggling to, to hear that. Yeah. Right. Just about people because we do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. But then we look at other people. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Someone like Maria yeah. thinks that she's not the best at doing what she does right, right. now. Right. She is the best at what she right. does. Right. I use those exact words to a family last week. That's yep. looking to find a place for their kid to go to make some changes. I'm like, she's the best in the globe. Right. You, I I, no question. I know. I say, I try to say it all the time. Like, and you know, obviously like people are like, well, of course you're mm. going to say that you're, you're like, you're, you know, <laughs> whatever, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. You're, uh, incentivized to, to tell us Have that your to. coaches are the best. And I'm just like, well, it doesn't uh, help that you're married to her too. Well, and that, but not even her, like I say the same thing about Andy. And well, so yeah. the, the thing with Andy that now, like I get to say is, um, you know, is I'll be like, no, like you guys, you know, you have to come see Andy. Like he's, he's literally the best. And they're just like, well, yeah, like I'm like, no, literally like my mom goes and works with Andy exclusively. Like, and it's just like, 
just because I believe in him that much. And he's been very successful in working with my mom. And it's, and you know, that's obviously the highest praise that I can give somebody is, is like, look, I'm going to entrust you with this really important, you know, the most important thing to me. Uh, And so, you know, I think that that's, you know, we're lucky to be able to say that about multiple people. You can say it about all of our coaches in some capacity or another, they all have their little thing that they're, they're great at, but, you know, trying to get, trying to get Maria to kind of understand that has been, I think the, the coolest thing. And I think now like she's at a point where I think she's, um, she's comfortable in her own like self-belief with that. Hmm. But even then she still doesn't necessarily recognize the fact that like, like I say it all the time. I'm like, you're literally the most well, uh, you have the best personality to coach like, Let's just say nine to like 16 year olds without, uh, without question. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. But we are given specific gifts and talents. It just takes some of us longer to figure out what it is. Right. And just one side note, speaking of coaches, I mean, I've only been around for a year and a half, so not nearly as long Mm -hmm. as so many people have been, but I have, David and I are similar in this way where we do watch a lot and we soak a lot, especially with leadership. And there has been a lot of such like positive involvement with the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. I think just watching the way that like the coaches have been evolving the last year and a half that I've been there and I started out on Thrive. So really I was, you know, just I was with Coach Ryan and Coach Maria. So I wasn't with anybody else, but even watching from afar. Mm -hmm. And it's been really neat to watch people evolve. Yeah. Cause there's some really young people yeah, for sure. on your staff. Right. And, and some people that are, you know, have had, you know, much more experience, mm. but it's, it's been really kind of beautiful to watch right. people continue to build relationships and oh, yeah. become more confident. Oh, yeah. um, well, we're the young people that we have are, I'm constantly amazed cause I know who I was at you know, 23, 24, 25, and all the stuff that I was still trying to figure out. And, you know, you just look at, you look at these guys and Mm -hmm. you're just like, like they're going to be, they're going to be not, not like they're going to be okay. You're like, they're They're going to be be more than okay. Yeah. Like they're going to be amazing. And, and they already are. Um, but I also think, you know, the, the thing from a coaching staff perspective that, you know, with the Lewis center team, you know, you get, you get this new opportunity Mm -hmm. and the thing that's amazing that you start to see now is like, you guys have this incredible opportunity to have mentors, to have sort of people to look up to. Right. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're Kaylee, you're going to coach the teens, like you get to watch Maria coach the teenagers and you get to watch Andy do nutrition coaching, be a dietitian. You get to, you get to have these mentors and, you can ask them anything, all the challenges you're going to face over the next five years, 10 years, Yes, you're going to be able to ask them and they've lived through them. They've figured them out. They've put a system around it. They, all these things. Um, and so to watch that happen in real time Mm -hmm. has been amazing, but then also getting them the opportunity to say, you know, we went to, I think we went to six weddings last year and multiple people in the bridal parties or, you know, the, yeah, yeah, bridal parties yeah. Okay. are, um, you know, are, are other gym members, you know, yeah. or, or even coaches Absolutely. or the entire bridal party is like coaches. <laughs> and, and you get to see some of these things and you're just like, you guys yeah. don't necessarily know it yet. And you're not even going to appreciate it for probably five, six, seven years. Nope. Um, 
but you will become the most important pe- person in people's lives or one of the five most important people it's in their very lives. True. And like the, you know, the magnitude of that, I think is something that Agreed. you, you don't have a ton of respect for until you in, like have a complete respect for it. And so I, I think can what imagine a, like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking about, I'm in Mitchell's classes a lot and I'm thinking about how young Mitchell is and how mature he is and what he offers. I'm like, gosh, I don't know how old he is, but I, 23, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh man. Um, I just can't, I can't imagine like what the next decade is going to look like for him. Right. Like with this setting him up in that way, because I just, I know how much I respect him you know, yep. as a coach and a young man, I also watch the way that he interacts with so many of our teenage athletes. Right. And I'm always impressed. Yes. Cause he, he's just able to offer things that some of us cannot. Right. Like, gosh, like in 10 years, just, I can't imagine being able to look back and think right. about, you know, the impact that he's made. And I, I do, I think about that every time I, you know, come in and leave the gym, yep. especially, you know, some of the younger people. Right. Right. Which is also weird to say younger people. I know. I know. Yeah. It's a 30 <laughs> snake up on you. And then you start realizing, and that's been a weird part too, uh, you know, of doing, doing a lot of the Please. Lewis center stuff is, you know, younger coaches and, and younger people. But you know, on the other aspect of that, you know, I think the it's nice healthy. part is, is yeah, it's, and you know, it's the, I also now like to be able to have the, the influence and a little bit of the influence from sort of that wisdom perspective, which is something that you can only gain with experience and age. So, um, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's different, but you know, I, I always tell people like, I mean, I don't feel 35. I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference. So I still feel like I'm like 20 and lost. I was just going to say, so I don't know if that, I don't know if that ever changes, but yeah, the, you know, the, as, as I think that, but I think, you know, going back to your point, the, I think over the last year and a half, I think a lot of the growth from those coaches is I think two things. One, um, you know, I've worked and grants worked really, really hard to make sure that they have, that they feel, you know, safe and like secure as, yeah. as you know, coaches. Cause you know, a lot of people don't know. It's like the average CrossFit coach makes like $19,000 a year and like they have no benefits and there's no vacation yep. days and there's none of that stuff. And so it's a very challenging living. And so, you know, we've really tried to put things in place to, to make sure that passion. they can have, have a family and that they can have some of these things and these benefits and salaries and stuff. Um, and so I think, you know, that takes a little bit of time to settle in for people. But I also think the other part of that too, is like you said, um, you know, having, um, an understanding like for Maria, having an understanding that you are actually really good at what you're doing. And people do start to talk about you as like, you're one of the better people mm-hmm. at that task. Cause when you first start and you're transitioning jobs, you're transitioning from Lululemon or if you're Andy, you know, a hospital network, or if you're Liz, a teacher and you come in, like, you're like, okay, like mm-hmm. I, like I kind like, I, you know, I know how to teach people how to air school. I know kind of how to teach this and teach that, but there's a million situations, you know, a, you know, three pregnant women could come to my class today, which has a bunch <laughs> of power cleans and squat cleans and has this and has that and a bunch of running and you know she's first trimester she's second trimester she's third trimester uh-huh. and then over there that guy's you know got this and got that and so it's like these scenarios yeah. and at first like like we were talking about before you handle them wrong and then you're like okay I got to figure it out and then you grow and you develop and then yes. enough time goes by and you start to have like Andy you think about his growth like to just walk up to you let's go to the board we're going to go over this 
Loved it. That's only happening from the experience of having gone through it for the last three years. Yeah. So like three or four. Loved it. Loved so, every second of it. Yeah. Right. And so that <laughs> comfort is one of those things yeah. that like that they just they just kind of gain. And just like you said, like I think you see it from Mitchell is like now he's starting to be more comfortable. He's really starting to realize like, you know, I'm pretty good at this because we he all tell good. him. You're good at this. He is. And he is. Yeah. And so in like, you just kind of live in that world. And I think that's one of those things too. If you take it back to like your teaching with kids and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, there's so much opportunity for that, for people to um, not only feel safe, but feel supported and feel connected to yes. something and, you know, just have that ability to grow and realize that you're good at something, but, you know, also stay in that mindset of, I think the thing that we, that the only, really the only factor I look for in coaches. Well, I have two. One, are you a kind person, which I can sit on the side, fly on the wall and watch. And you can tell that. And so, and then the other aspect is, are you willing to say, I don't know that, but I'd like to learn. And those are the two things. And that's it. And it's like, if you can do those two things, and if you are obviously at this point, like if you're exceptional at those things, right. Then then I'd love to have you as a coach. It's like, those uh-huh. are, those are the only two character traits. And it seems so interesting because nowhere in that at all is, you know, do you know like the three positions of a hang of a snatch? It's like, uh-huh. I do not care because all that matters is that, that right. Exactly. Well, you can learn it, but even then it's like, it's not going to matter if the person doesn't love and trust you. Nope. And so if I they, don't want to learn from someone that, that, doesn't have the two qualities that you said. Right. Especially just the idea of kindness. Right. Right. I understand that not everybody some people want to come in, come out. They don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But but that is important. Right. You know, right. because we spend so much time there. I mean, we spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. A lot of us spend a lot of time yep. coming in and out. And to know that is the foundation of this community is I think that I I want everybody to know that. Yeah. You know, I want everybody to know that which I think people do know if you look at the staff, but that that is the foundation is that that love and kindness, which we know, you know, looks different for every coach, but that that shines through first. And it, and it does, it very right. obviously does. But I love hearing that because my husband and I both want to be a part of communities where that is where the leading factor. Right. Right. You know, that's, that's well, and you said flying horse farms before, and I know that they're, they're synonymous with being just incredible people. hundred percent. So hundred percent. So hundred percent. It's really cool. Um, I think we're running. Oh yeah. We're running late on time, but I would love to just hear a little bit about flying horse farms if you would. Yeah. So, um, flying horse farms is a camp for kids that are seriously ill. And so we serve kids that have cancer or, you know, we look at, we have like a nephrology week or we have, you know, kids that have, um, heart defects, anything like that, any kind yeah. of type of serious illness. And I found it after I got sick Yeah. again. I mean, I just, all these important things in my life I wouldn't have had if I hadn't gotten sick myself. But you just think about this week. Um, so Paul Newman is who started um, the Hole in the Wall Camps, yeah. which is now Serious Fun Children's Network. And he just said he wanted kids to kick back and raise a little hell and yeah. not be worried about, you know, their treatments, not be worried about going to the doctors. You know, we have incredible state-of-the-art medical facilities at all of our camps around the world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when we walk into, you know, the gate at Flying Horse Farms, we know that our kids and our families are going to be loved and served yep. because they just they don't have the opportunity other places. And yeah. so it's it's I mean, I don't mean this to be cliche, but it really is magical. Yeah. <laughs> I right. mean, just like imagine 
two kids who have had just multiple open heart surgeries, right, who have a hard time making friends. And then they walk into the pool and they see another kid who has, you know, that same scar in their chest or the same kid that has the feeding tube that is, you know, that is doing that at, you know, while we're singing and dancing at dinner and no one is looking at them differently. Right, right. And so it's, uh, yeah, I think we all need to have a place where we can, give, but also have it be a source of joy for us. And that is absolutely my place. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's magical. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds just absolutely amazing. (laughs) It's incredible. And I've heard nothing about that from every interaction, every conversation, everything that I've ever Mm -hmm. heard about it is, is that way. So obviously, um, you know, full of incredible people. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. And an incredible just idea in a nutshell. Um, well, I think that's amazing, Sarah. Your story is incredible, and I really appreciate you sharing. Thanks, um, my and I'm really looking forward to uh, your first baby boy or girl. Me too. And uh, to continue to see how your next few months of pregnancy, you're getting pregnant at a pretty good time. I was going to say too. The, it is like, a good time. Yeah, I was going to say that the bl- you're going to like kind of avoid entirely the blistering heat uh, I, during your pregnancy. Yeah, which is, I, I agree. Good. And I'm going to be able to get outside. It won't yeah. be winter when the baby comes. So yep. lots of trips to the zoo and the conservatory and walk around. I love it. Yeah. We got a lot of movement. Yeah. We got to get you hooked up with some of our, uh, some of our zoo peeps. So it's our favorite place. Is it? It is. Uh, (laughs) All right. So uh, quick fire. What's your favorite animal? What's your favorite animal to see at the zoo slash favorite animal? Favorite animal is sloth. Okay. Favorite animal to see at the zoo is the red panda. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. let's see. Uh, favorite, uh, water animal. Oh, Mm, manatees. Okay. Uh, do you think sea otters counts as mine or river otters? I think that counts. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think that counts. Cause they're mine. I love them. I've always loved them. I did like a report on them when I was in elementary school and just became like obsessed with them. And now that you can like watch videos on them and like documentaries on YouTube, it's just the best. Like randomly watch them from time to time for no reason. It sounds like us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would have to say, man, favorite animals really hard for me. I sort of have a weird obsession with, um, with like large birds of prey. Um, so like there's, there's something about, um, I don't, about their, their like stature and just their look. Um, I think they're gorgeous creatures. We have a lot of beautiful birds here in Columbus. I know. Well, we get a lot of them back here because we're kind of woodsy and man, you get some, last year we had this just gigantic, it was either a a brown eagle or a hawk, like a really big Mm. hawk of some kind. And I don't know my bird types well enough to really be like a connoisseur, but, um, but just like when he, you could see from here, all those trees would like dip when he jumped off the off the branch because he was so heavy. And, um, so we were a little bit scared for the animals sometimes cause he was such a big thing. So you'd get like all these like oh, yeah. half eaten rabbit carcasses and stuff in our, in, our, in our lawn. And you're just like, all right, this <laughs> is getting a little, fun. little intense. Um, but I really like going in and seeing them like in the aviary. Um, but yeah, I'm just an animal lover. I really, we are too. I honestly, I, the zoo's the zoo's hard for me sometimes because I, I struggle with like I, I know you already know the aspect that I'm talking about but yeah. um so like the one that's really hard for me is like when the they're like little camel circle where people ride the camels like that one really I like can't be around that because that makes me sad we've um, gone over that because I have had so many like parents or moms that work at the zoo or we've been behind the scenes and seen seen things and I see how these animals are cared for I hear the stories about where they're coming from and I realize they wouldn't survive in the wild you know just x y and z and so that's why we right because we are 100% 
right. in, the same, right. in the same boat. And I don't even necessarily like, I, I mean, I think you can sit there and argue that, you know, it is or isn't. I just think the actual emotional initial reaction for me is, yeah. is stuff sometimes. Oh, you're showing off again. Hashar. Um, yeah. The, but man, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I always, uh, I understand that. I love watching, um, I love watching a lot of big cat stuff also. So, um, but we were, su- <laughs> Charlotte's really showing off for you. I love it. The, um, uh, when we went to New York city, uh, so Tom, who was the original guy who like designed all of our designer website, all of our artwork, all the logos, yeah. like all that stuff. Um, and he was one of our original coaches. So he uh, is married to a veterinarian who is a resident at the Bronx Zoo right now. So they actually oh. live in the Bronx Zoo. And oh so gosh. it's pretty crazy. And so they're, I mean, it's like a 400 acre, you know, like fenced in and they live in New York City, which is, is nuts, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> it's incredible. Um, so when we went, we stayed with them. And so oh. you like walk their dog. And when you walk their dog, you're like, go and hang out with the seals and go to the aviary and go to see like, Sounds the like a dream. David, are you hearing this? It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So they're there for a year and a half. Um, wow. and so, uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool, but we'll probably go back one more time Yeah, you just cause too. every time you go, like she's, she's kind of caring pretty intensely for something different, something different. Yeah. Um, and when we were there, it was these really rare type of, I think Chinese deer, um, hmm. and so they had like these really big doe eyes, but, um, oh. yeah, but you hear some crazy stories like the, the, she told us a story of this guy who had 200 or 300 exotic snakes in his house and like, they didn't know. So it was like an FBI thing. Yeah. Not they legal. Yeah. Right. Like they didn't, <laughs> they didn't legal. know if this guy was going to have, like, if it was going to be like some weird terrorist attacks or something. So, so then these they just unload these like 300 snakes on the Bronx Zoo network and just just like we're like, holy we moly know where to put these um she sounds like a magic maker yeah right she's she's incredible i mean it's like so it's funny going around the zoo with somebody like that because you're just like i can't imagine yeah like she's this like encyclopedia Love of knowledge. knowledge and information you learn all kinds of stuff yeah. um and maria just asks about the the reproductive organs of all the different types <laughs> of animals is basically all she asks questions about um, oh my gosh and like and you do you hear some weird stuff it's like uh, forget if it's I want to I want to say pigs, but I might be wrong. Has like a corkscrew penis, and like it corkscrews in only to the female. It's like it's really weird. Yeah, there's some weird weird stuff out there. Hmm. So anyway, now I'm gonna go home and the, Google. Want to know? That's it. All right. Well, I love it. Well, we'll get to the zoo sometime this summer when you're walking around stroller and in tow. Beautiful sunny day. Be ready. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Thanks for having me. All right. <laughs>